0: You
1: Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Singer and actor Leslie Cheung Kwok Wing is remembered fondly by legions of fans in this city and across Southeast Asia. Before his suicide in 2003, he was regarded by many as the greatest star of his generation. Author Nigel Collette decided to write Leslie's biography after watching him in Farewell, My Concubine. In the next two programmes, he tells me about his admiration for Leslie Cheung as a singer and actor, but also as a decent man, and the struggles he had with the media here over his sexuality. He begins by telling me about the tragic circumstances of his suicide when he jumped to his death from the Mandarin Hotel in April 2003.
0: Leslie had been suffering from depression for about 18 months, clinical depression, and he'd been treated for it by really high-class psychiatrists in Hong Kong and also medically, but he wasn't getting any better, and it seems clear in retrospect that he now feared that he had no future in, this, in his career, that he couldn't sing any longer. Physically, his throat had gone, and he couldn't control his body. It was shaking, uh, and he wasn't able to act any longer, and I think at that point, he, he the depression and, and those conclusions caused him to decide that he was going to take his life. He was on the gymnasium floor uh, of the mandarin hotel and uh, he asked his manager florence chan to meet him downstairs and florence was downstairs at the entrance on the gloucester road side of, of the mandarin and um, he left a small note with the staff of the, of the gym um, and then jumped um, and he hit the, f- the road outside the mandarin hotel near where the taxi stand is now And Florence saw this and didn't realize it was Leslie falling, thought there'd been a car accident, and um, tried to get help. And somebody else called an ambulance. And when the ambulance reached hospital, Florence had realized that that must have been Leslie, and so she followed it up and found it was. So it was, a, it was a very, very sad occasion. It's not really explicable to any of us who've never had depression. Um, the, the only thing I can account for is I, I watched, for instance, Stephen Fry on the TV talking about these terrible blacknesses when you believe that being dead is better than going through this pain. And I would imagine that's probably what uh, Leslie was going through at the time.
1: What was the reaction here in Hong Kong and, and throughout uh, Southeast Asia to, to his death?
0: Oh, total unbelief, I think. Strangely, I was here in Hong Kong. I mean, My business is here, but I came back to, to Hong Kong. I was here at the time, and I drove past the Mandarin that night. It was covered in flowers, the people outside um, crying. That There was nothing else on the radio at the time, Leslie's music, the news about Leslie's death. It was total shock. And Hong Kong was very depressed then. It was SARS, so things were, were very low. Nobody was going out, but they went out for this. And it was almost tangible in Hong Kong, this feeling of utter shock that this person could have done it. I walk along the streets of sorrow
1: The boulevard of broken dreams Where gigolo and Jigalette Can take a kiss without regret So they forget their broken dreams You laugh tonight and cry tomorrow Behold your shattered schemes. It's interesting, isn't it, the, the, the um, fondness that people can build up for somebody they've never met, but somebody they might have seen on stage. And he really did cross several genres of the arts um, o- o- over his career. So he touched many people both in, in his singing and acting career. Now, how would you... I mean, you obviously took the time to write his biography so you're obviously very fond of him yourself but where would you rate him uh, in terms of was he quite a pioneer in his own way in in the arts in Hong Kong
0: he was always cutting edge Uh, every um, movement in both music and film uh, and TV um, that, that took place from the late 70s through to the early part of this century so just past 2000 uh, he was in, he was leading with um, from right at the start when he was in TV uh, he, he, be, he was in the beginning of um, the sort of soap series of, of, of teenage soaps which became really popular and stayed popular always in Hong Kong. Um, he, when he went into film. He was in the, the beginning of New Wave in Hong Kong, the beginning of serious cinema as, as it started in, in the early 80s in Hong Kong. And he was... Right at the start of the change of the canto-pop world and what had been mando-pop up until then and what had been aping Western ways became very much a Hong Kong phenomenon. And Leslie was there. And every movement, every change in all these things, for 20 years, uh, he was at the head of. He had phenomenal influence here and he spread that influence right across East Asia um, from Korea and Japan in the north right down to Singapore and Thailand in the south and then further across the uh, the Pacific to the Chinese diaspora in in San Francisco and and Vancouver, and then to England, the Chinese community there. Mm.
1: What made you as a biographer? I mean, I remember the last biography that I saw of yours was a butcher of Amritsar about a a general in India, a very, very different different story. But uh, Leslie Chang, as a story, appealed to you, uh, and as a man. What would you say was the first pull for you? Was it seeing him on screen, hearing him sing?
0: Seeing him on screen. I I saw Farewell, my concubine, and was totally blown away. Uh, I I fell in love with his acting. Uh, I thought he was um, an incredible actor. Uh, And I I then followed up and watched some of his other films and and reinforced that idea. So it was an attraction to him. And I found I liked him as a person. And the more I found out about him, the more I liked him. He he, he was a genuinely decent man. And I'd written this book about the butcher and ritzer of someone I hated uh, and and really wanted to write about somebody I loved. So that, that was the first thing. But then also with Leslie, there were big controversies in his life. Uh, Leslie was gay, I'm absolutely sure. Of, uh, there's no uh, doubt in my mind he wasn't even bisexual. I'm sure he was gay. And, and that was a tremendous problem for him all through his career. And it's something which Hong Kong has found very hard to get to grips with. Then he committed suicide. Um, he was afflicted by a mental uh, illness. And, and that's, in Hong Kong, very difficult for people to accept. So there was a controversy which made the book um, more than just a life of, of a pop star. So that was the second thing.
1: (laughs) Yes, it isn't just about glamour. There's a lot about his character. There's a lot about his conflicts with the press, which is normal anyway for for a star. You know, some of the questions they ask. I was a bit, you know, it's interesting. You know, you you, towards the end of your book, you comment on, uh, or you you write about a a critic, Richard Corliss, actually, outwardly, um, and you you don't actually comment on that, but he actually says to Leslie Chang, "Are you gay?" Which I was, uh, you know, what's that got to do with your film career?
0: He'd had that right from the start. There were people making catty remarks, even when they were Chinese reporters, way back in about 1981, um, remarking about his feline propensities uh, and his um, effeminate The local press was uh, hounding him, um, uh, not quite so much as Richard Corliss did face uh, with uh, upfront questions, um, but with hints and trying to get him to make giveaways, talking to him about his his sex life and his girlfriends, which they knew very well he didn't have any. And uh, they they never left him alone. And he only stopped that process um, in the early 90s when he finally, not quite came out, but announced that he was dedicating the song to his partner, uh, the, the... Um, at the tour, at the uh, concert. Um, He had uh, to face all this, and it made him very angry with the press. Uh, They wouldn't concentrate on his abilities and his his, uh, singing or his acting. They wanted to know about his private life.
1: Yeah, in his acting career um, he did, he was quite I mean I think he showed great courage actually because I, I mean he, he took a few risks, I mean considering that he was at a time, um, I mean not, probably not the only gay man in show business in Hong Kong but perhaps the one that was being most vigorously questioned about it he actually, uh, it didn't stop him taking quite risky roles he was quite happy to play the villain sometimes he played quite unattractive roles um, and uh, also as you cited in Farewell my concubine. That's a a very outwardly gay role.
0: Yeah, he did. And he he was also contributive to the industry. Uh, Towards the end when the Hong Kong industry in the late 90s was was going down the tubes, uh, Leslie would take roles in films with no money coming back, one dollar or something like that, to to take a part which was very hard to play, which was stretching for him, but which would contribute to the industry. Uh, He never shied away from looking bad on the screen. The only film where he um, and it wasn't Leslie's fault. It was the director and producer. Um, he he was forced to show a, a good face. Was Phantom Lover, where he was it was rather like Phantom of the Opera. Um, he had been um, supposedly killed, but was survived in a huge fire in, in the uh, opera theatre which he was performing in. Um, and he had half his face burnt away. But the the film would only show the good half. They wouldn't show the other half. So, so Leslie's good half was shown on screen all the time. Um, not his choice, but that was theirs because the fans wanted to see him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and well, that's a difficult one. Yes, uh, artistic choices. It's interesting to see, uh, you know, uh, the, as the one that you said about fight Farewell, My Concubine, the fact that he's acting there with Gong Li, uh, among others, and they didn't get on at the beginning.
0: No, she she didn't think he was an actor. She didn't know anything about him. And she was a star, um, and she wanted to be treated as a star, um, whereas Leslie was given top billing, and she wasn't happy with that. Uh, But as she got to see him and they, they got to know each other, they became friends, so it wore away. Pharaoh, My Concubine uh, was, I think, it summed up most things about Leslie's life. Uh, It was about uh, a young boy who becomes the female singing star in an opera troupe and falls in love with the male lead which he's always playing against. Um, But the male lead is totally heterosexual and and, and will have nothing to do with that side of life. So the only way he can be in love with him is on stage uh, when he's performing. Um, but unfortunately his male lead marries Gong Li, the prostitute, and so there's this awful threesome where Leslie has to accept that he's no longer um, the, the concubine, no longer the, 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 uh, the companion of this chap, and they lose it all, and they lose it all in the Cultural Revolution, and they lose it all in their old age. It's a story of betrayal, but, but basically Leslie uh, in the film is, is acting out reality on the stage, and in some way that's what um, Leslie had to do in life Um, he acted out reality on uh, on his concerts and on the stage Um, and the real Leslie was not maybe visible
1: it's it's, it's very when you're describing how that film was shot I mean it was also um, very heavy makeup very um, very heavy costumes Uh, it's done in, in the dust and the heat of the late summer in Beijing so so physically very demanding, never mind emotionally. And um, what really struck me is how you describe that uh, Leslie Jiang is, um, uh, he's in a rickshaw. Yeah. And and uh, this is after sort of complete devastation, complete rejection. Can you describe that moment?
0: When Leslie's love marries Gong Li, the prostitute, uh, he's left with nobody. And in despair, he gives his body to the patron of the opera who has always been chasing him uh, who was a much older man, a richer man and he goes to the man's house and basically gives himself to him and he comes home that night realising that he's given his body to someone he doesn't have any affection for and he's lost the love of his life and he sits in the rickshaw and cries his eyes out and that's the stage set, that's the film but in reality Leslie got so involved in the character of of the Man, he was playing uh, that he actually was in total disarray by the end of that scene. And uh, the director of the film um, turned all the lights off in the studio and they just left him sobbing his heart out of him in the ritual.
1: My thanks to Nigel Collette, author of Firelight of a Different Colour, The Life and Times of Leslie Chiang Kwok Wing. Next week, Nigel tells me about Leslie's difficult upbringing and his friendship with Anita Moy. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.
0: And you've been listening to Hong Kong Heritage, produced and presented by Anna Marie Evans.